okay, this is interesting. It's the first and it's also Sunday. We're going to take it to a tips episode and we'll do what they did right next week, I guess. Radio listener listens for 18 minutes. <laughs> the average fan listens for, are you ready for this? An hour and 20 minutes. How can that be? Answer most commonly given. I want to see what he'll say next. Fine, but what about the people who hate? Good point. The average hater listens for two and a half hours a day. Look, but if they hate him, why do they listen? Most common answer. I want to see what he'll say next. Yeah! It never gets old. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about getting interviews and, and how people attain interviews. Just so you know, I mean, I know what we talked about, you know, using my podcast in the past as, a, as leverage and, and a way to, to share this. And that's what I'm going to continue doing. Um, moving forward, we're really going to start digging into um, uh, networking and balancing life with, with, your, with your podcast and work and all that. And then... Um, you know, interviews, networking, how to balance life, advertising, all of it, maximizing engagement, all those things. Today we're going to talk about interviews though. Okay. So, um, I think I've seen this in the groups quite often that people, I think we've, we've touched on this on past episodes, but I think we talk about, you know, the draw of the celebrity interview. That's a huge thing. And a lot of people don't talk about that. I think for us, that was the big deal. Um, our first, and I think, I apologize. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna rehash something that I've rehashed a couple of these things um, from previous episode, uh, from a previous tips episode. I think what were we talking about back then? Um, audio quality and stuff. And I think I went off on a couple tangents, but I'm gonna dig in a little bit more. Um, I think, the thing that people tend to not want to hear is that it's a lot easier than you'd like to imagine, except you have to get over yourself a lot, a whole lot. And it's the fear of rejection that keeps people. They're always looking for this, this, um, like silver bullet to solve these problems. How do I get an advertiser? How do I get the great interview? How do I, that, 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 that all you have to do is ask. And you have to learn who to ask and how to ask. And you also have to learn um, how to play the game a little bit. But you have to get that first interview. Once you get that first interview, you eat a little bit of dirt and then you get in. There's a clip from this Nardwar uh, chat. If you don't know who Nardwar is, he's a, he is a one of, in my opinion, outside of Howard Stern, one of the most talented interviewers of all time because he's a walking cartoon character and he knows how to break the system and break the ice with people. Listen to this clip of Nardwar talking about at TEDx uh, Vancouver about how he got Kurt Cobain. Oh, and what do we have here? But a picture of me and Kurt Cobain. How did I get an interview with Kurt Cobain? I asked for an interview for Kurt Cobain. Nirvana were coming to Vancouver for two days in early 1994 at the PE Forum. I showed up at the PE Forum super early. I climbed up on top of the toilets so my feet weren't visible in the backstage area of Kurt Cobain's locker room. Notice shaking legs. Unfortunately. Now, how audacious do you have to be to do that? 
to sneak in. This is even before Nirvana was massive, massive. They were growing, they were huge, but they weren't massive, massive at this stage. How audacious do you have to be to be able to sneak in? But let's continue. Fortunately, I was noticed and they kicked me out, but not before I left a cassette tape in the backstage area, right where Kurt Cobain would come in. What's on the cassette tape? The cassette tape contains an interview I did with Courtney Love, Kurt's wife. So I was hoping that Kurt would find the cassette tape, take it home that night and listen to an hotel and the next day would know who I was. Yes, you gotta shoot for the top, but I was discovered and I went home empty-handed. I got no phone calls from Kurt Cobain. But the next morning, I got a phone call from my buddy Hugh Baker, who grew up in West Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I think on Altamont Drive, you're at K-Meek watching TEDx. And Hugh said to me, Nardwar, at the Four Seasons Hotel, there's been a Nirvana spotting. So we went down to the Four Seasons Hotel. I really didn't want it, but Hugh's like, come on, what else are you gonna do? This come on, show up. So we showed up, we get into the hotel, and sure enough, getting in the elevator right there is Dave Grohl. And I run up to Dave Grohl and I say, Dave, will you put me on the guest list? And he says, yes, and I'm like, yes, we're on the guest list. We run on down to the Peony Forum. We show up at the media entrance, the Peony Forum. You see what he did? He approached Dave Grohl and said, put me on the guest list. And it was just that one question. For him. I'm like, hi, it's um, Nardwar. Um, uh, Dave Grohl put, put me on the guest list. The people at the door are like, Nardwar, you've been in this town long enough to know you ain't on the guest list. I'm like, no, I really am on the guest list. And right then and there, by mistake, Kurt and Courtney walked in the media door and I waved up at Courtney. I said, Courtney, it's me, Nardwar. She recognized me. Kurt had actually taken the tape home. They had listened to it at the hotel that night. I was like, Courtney, can I come backstage? She's like, come with me. The people at the front gate were like, you can't take Nardwar. And Courtney turned to them and said, that's my cousin Nardwar. He can come with me. The next thing you know, I'm backstage with Courtney. Okay. I'm like, Courtney, can I interview Kurt? And she said, you know what? Why don't you just ask him? And it happened. Okay. But you know what? There's a fine line. That all worked out. Every interview you do is different. You never know what will happen. <laughs> so, so what I wanted to point out here is there were so many occasions that we made that exact same, we followed that exact same path. Um, there, there are chance encounters that happen and you can say it's dumb luck, but really what it is is you set yourself up by being prepared for these chance encounters to happen. And it's, there is no right way. You just watch for the little signs of things that show up. I'll give you an example. Here's a natural progression of how things happened. The first few episodes of the Live from the Basement show, or I'm sorry, at the time it was called Hood Hype, we had no interviews at all. We had nothing. We didn't even consider interviews, to be honest. The next, I don't know, five, six, seven episodes went by, and then... I get an email, I'm on this mailing list for because we had been searching for music and we just all happened to be on a mailing list and got an email from Sony Red Music. And it was just some independent publicity agent, publicist rather, that was just trying to you know get her artist heard or whatever. And she's like, yeah, we'll be taking interviews at this day and this time. I didn't realize that that's the way it worked, that they do these little, what you call press junkets, where they would take time and they would say, okay, this person, you're going to interview with Vibe Magazine. Okay, now you're going to interview with, you know, WDET. Now you're going to interview, you know what I mean? And they'll just go from one call to the next. 
So this guy, Daz Dillinger from a group called the Dog Pound, which unless you're into hip hop music, you may not know who they are, but he was kind of a big deal for us in the 90s. And at the time, this is 2005, he's trying to get his career going again. And we're like, hell yeah, man, can we do an interview with Daz? And, and they said, yeah. I just replied back and said, can we do it? Can we do it? Yeah, we're, we're uh, I, I think I lied. I said we were a satellite radio show. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. And so next, next thing you know, we were scrambling going. There was no such thing as a road procast. There was no such thing as like we, we couldn't afford a, a, a digital hybrid, which could splice um, um, phone audio in with mic audio. We had to find a way to get audio off of a microphone. But we, I was dead set against using a speakerphone and hitting record on it. I needed something with a little more quality. So we resorted to going to Radio Shack, poking around. We found what what's used or what was used or what we ended up using was uh, an actual phone tap. Um, what people used to like spy on phone calls. So we ran a phone tap through the telephone. We took the interview and it went well. It went well. It was boring. The audio was shit. Um, it was in retrospect, it was a boring interview, but that was the interview that we used as leverage to get follow up. Oh, yeah. Here's our interview with Daz Dillinger. Here's our interview with Daz Dillinger. The next interview we got, we started digging in on people that we thought were accessible. So I started digging in, okay, hip hop, hip hop. Who could we pull? It's a hip hop show, DJ Red Alert. DJ Red Alert was like 60 years old at the time. Um, and I think he was around 60. One of the first DJs ever in the, in the genre. And we asked for an interview. I just emailed him and said, hey man, would you be interested in doing an interview? Yeah, sure, why not? Boom, second interview. Got the interview with them, talked a little bit of hip hop history. It was good. It was fun. And that that was it. Like we we just next thing, next thing. I talked about this last episode. The, the big one for us, the big hit for us was getting the Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan, which is a member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan's a massive hip hop collective group um, with their own culture. They're huge. Um, they still are huge. Wu is everywhere. And I saw a, re, um, a request going out saying, hey, interviews with the Jizza. And I and I, I reached out to his publicist, Angela, and she said, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know what you guys are about. I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. You interview my guy, Killer Clump. Killer Clump? That's weird. That was his name. You know, being a purist, hip hop purist, or like Killer Clump, dude. And she's like, you interview my artist, Killer Clump, I'll get you the interview with Jizza. Because what a lot of times happens with these publicists and, and managers is they have a little side hustle. Their day job working for the label is to promote this mainstream artist, but their side hustle is to pu push like a, a side artist, a, an underground artist, hoping that it'll pop. That's the big cash in, right? So sure, why not? And I took that opportunity to do it up. Like I did it up. We edited it. We made him sound like a damn beast. And we had fun with it. We chopped out all the boring parts of the interview. We made Killer Clump sound like he was amazing and just an awesome interview. He was boring. He sucked. The music was average at best. But we wanted that Jizza interview. And so what we ended up doing was we released it. She stayed cool with her deal. We had Jizza. And actually, Jizza was the biggest asshole I've ever interviewed, ever, that we've ever interviewed, ever. Like, just, he was horrible. He was boring. He was, and so... But we fought through it. We edited it. We made him sound like a beast. We made him sound great. We pu pushed it on upcoming episodes or like oh, the Jizz interview is coming. And we'd open up episodes with him doing a drop. We'd always get a drop. 
of him saying, yeah, you're listening to hood hype. This is, this is the Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan. You know, it was like, oh my God, that was huge, huge. Okay. Fast forward, Angela Yee ends up becoming a host on Sirius Satellite Radio's uh, Breakfast Club, or not Breakfast Club, it was uh, Shape 45 in the morning. Um, and that show blew up. It blew up. And she ended up going on to syndicated broadcast radio to um, 105.1, I think, out of New York. And it's a nationally syndicated show. It's all over YouTube. If you were to look up The Breakfast Club, you'd see Angela Yee front and center. If you Google it right now, go over to YouTube, type in Angela Yee or, or The Breakfast Club, and you'll see Angela Yee popping up everywhere. She was the person we were directly interfacing with to get the jizza. So when she started working over at Shade 45 at Sirius Satellite Radio, I was using my, my connection with Adam Curry to talk with her and say, hey, man, Adam's over at Sirius Stars 106. You're on Shade 45. Can we partner with you? Can we do a partnership? I want to do a, um, a special series called, um, oh, what do we call it? Now I can't remember. I remember what it was. It was uh, the best of 2008 series that we were doing. And... Um, we did is we would play independent artists, blah, 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 blah. I called in a favor with Angela Yee because I said, I was thinking if I could get them to talk about hood hype once a week on their show, we're going to, we're going to be solid. And it helped. It was huge. Okay. This is the first pass of just taking that interview, just asking. And I know I'm going a little bit off the rails a bit, but I want to make sure it's clear. Like, well, here, I'll play a clip. Shade 45 in the morning, it's Angela Yee, and we are in here. It's a Tuesday, so you know we have Don't Quit Your Day Job. We have a special edition today. Now, these two guys who want, who are going to be on Don't Quit Your Day Job actually won a contest on hoodhype.com. They won the uh, Listener's Choice Best of 2008 series. So we're going to have them on Don't Quit Your Day Job, give them some additional exposure, and let you say what you think about the song. Okay. And that was the deal that we had when we were playing. Um, this is all based off of one interview request. One email went out, one interview request. And I can, I mean, this off of this interview, we got our feature in Spin Magazine. This is where the bomb dropped off of that single, single interview. Okay. How did we get that interview? In the words of Nardwar, we just asked and we got creative with it and we had fun with it. Another artist that I reached out to, there was this guy, Bishop Lamont. Uh, Bishop Lamont was a, is a hip hop artist based out of Carson City, California. And he, nobody knew who he was at the time. But what was interesting about Bishop Lamont is he was working with a couple Detroit artists and I noticed that he had a connection with Dr. Dre, the infamous Dr. Dre. We're talking about the Dr. Dre. And we started talking with him and he's like, what's this podcasting nerd stuff? What is this all about? And we start talking to him and we started really making friends with his manager who actually happened to be his mother at the time. And we go back and forth with her and we were having a good old time just talking with her and being friends with her. We'd have him on the show and Bishop loved it. Like he was pumped every time we had him on the show. So the first time we had him on the show, we was making jokes. We were having fun. He was just, we would just pop around. Second time we had him on the show, he's like, I'm actually in the studio. We we're like, ah, bullshit. He's like, no, here, hold on. He puts Raphael Sadiq on the phone. Who's the guy from Tony, Tony, Tony. It's a big group, huge group. And 
the next time he puts exhibit on the phone. He puts, he just starts throwing these people on the phone that he's on in the studio with. We held on to that and we got so much stretch out of our relationship with, with Bishop Lamont just from calling in interviews with him. It was huge. Uh, Scarface from the infamous Ghetto Boys. If you know, my mind is playing tricks on me and all these, all these, like Ghetto Boys were a uh, Southern classic group when it comes to hip hop. And we had um, our listeners tweeting about a conversation we were having specific about Scarface because he was upset about something. I can't remember what the news was, but he was really pissed off. Um, and there was something that was being mentioned about him because he made a comment and the news was blowing up with it. The hip hop news circles were. And so when we were recording live through Ustream, we asked our listeners to start tweeting at Scarface. It wasn't about five minutes later that he actually called in. We were, they were tweeting our, our phone number. It was like 888-THE-HYPE was our phone number. And this phone number was ringing right through to my basement. We weren't doing anything. We're just like you. We had a phone in a basement. <laughs> and I bought an 800 number to forward to it. And sure enough, man, we had Scarface on the phone. We talked to Scarface, had a great conversation. That interview also blew up for us. Also, Killer Mike. Killer Mike is part of the group Run the Jewels. If you've ever heard of Run the Jewels, there was a huge... They're still huge. Him and RJD2 do a big, they have a, they're big. Killer Mike's been around forever. He's got connections with Outkast and the Dungeon Family. It's a whole hip hop thing. Sorry, I'm going down the hip hop path. This is from a hip hop show. So we talked to Killer Mike and he was more than happy to talk with us. This is before Run the Jewels. He was still like kind of on the transition. He was doing his thing. And um, there was a point we reviewed one of his albums and we had some fun with it. <laughs> And we didn't rate it very well. So we started tweeting live. Oh, we didn't do it a good, didn't give it a good interview or a good review. I had the listeners start tweeting at him. Killer Mike calls in. Man, why don't you, let's go through my album right now. Let's go through it track by track. That was a huge explosion for us. People were blowing up because we were arguing about his album. Um, there was more to Killer Mike's story, man. There's so much backstory to that one. Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, the boxer. Floyd Mayweather was getting ready to, there was a big match coming up and his father and his uncle were his, were his coaches at the time. And, um, we're up, man, can we get Floyd? No, we can't get Floyd. He's too big. There's no way we get an interview with Floyd, but can we get somebody from his team? We ended up getting Floyd Mayweather senior. We just asked, we reached out, we emailed, I went in, I typed in Floyd Mayweather and then I went to his website. I pulled up email addresses. I started emailing everybody on their team. That's the way it worked. Boom, done. That was it. And so my point being here in all of this is you just start digging. Let's do one. Let's see. Um, let me see if I can think of somebody right off the top of my head. Russell Brand. I'm going to type in Russell Brand in Google. Okay. We want to get an interview with Russell Brand. What would I do here? Okay. I go to RussellBrands.com. RussellBrands.com. RussellBrand.com. Here's a contact page. What do we got? Hello at RussellBrand.com. Uh, help at RussellBrand.com. So I would email us here and the volunteers, Angie, Cat, Tony, Nick, Claire, will help or at least direct you if we can. Boom. There it is. Help at RussellBrand.com. I'd fire off an email to that right now. Who can we speak with about scheduling an interview? My name's Jay Mack. I run a show doing this, this, and this. Um, here's our numbers. We want to make it, we want to, we want to talk about X, Y, Z topic. We want to talk about mental health with Russell Brand. 
we're a mental health podcast. We'd really love to dig in on this. I think that it would benefit him because of blah, blah, blah. And you have to get creative with that. We plan on reaching out to, and you can stretch the truth. We plan on reaching out to Mental Health Magazine um, to share this interview. We have our past relationship with them, blah, 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 blah. And that's how you dig in. We just want five minutes of his time. Give us a day or time, we'll do it. And that's the way it works. That's it. It's no deeper than that. You just start digging in and you start asking. And that's it. There's no, there's no secret sauce. There's no special uh, answer. There's no silver bullet. You just ask. And you get really creative with how you manage those interviews once you get them. And you maintain those relationships with the people who are um, in front of those artists. Because here's the thing. Generally, and we'll talk about networking in a future episode, but generally... When you're interviewing somebody, you went through a publicist or an agent or an agency, you maintain that, you maintain that connection because that one person may be representing multiple artists, which has happened many times for us, many times. Another piece to this, sometimes you got to fight and be willing to uh, dig. And I mean dig. Um one of the bigger interviews we got, which was with Tretch of Naughty by Nature, my boy Martin happened to be in sales at the time for his day job. And um, he didn't give up. He was relentless. So we had a, we had a scheduled interview and uh, his manager, we called his road manager. So you, you deal with a road manager when, when they're out on tour and stuff like that. So he'd been talking back and forth with Tretch's road manager. And um, the road manager says, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's like, why not? Because I can't get a hold of him. Well, where's he at? He's at some hotel or something. Well, what's the name of it? I'm not going to tell you that. Keep, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. The guy ends up saying the name of the hotel. All right, man, we'll have a good day. We look up the hotel. We find the, we call the front desk. We say, hey, we're looking for Tretch. We found out uh, that he had a code name that he was staying at the hotel under uh, by talking with the manager. He slipped up. And we got in the room. Uh, we made the request. And that was that. And we had the interview and it was outstanding because he was out of sorts. <laughs> uh, another piece to this is to keep in mind is when you are doing these interviews, when you do get a celebrity interview, is that you have to learn to ask questions that pop them out of their regular, out of their regular um, cycle. Because they know the question, what's your next album coming up? When it's music, when's your next album? What have you been working on? Who you been acting? Who you been doing? Are you going to do anything in Hollywood? You've been acting. Da -da. It's the same old bullshit. But you say, hey, man, what age did you learn to ride a bike? I got a question. You know what I mean? We were talking with, um, like, I started digging, digging into what is the craziest road story you have? And that one always would get them be like, oh, dude, there was, a, and they always turn into a regular human. They go from star acting like a entertainer to a straight up human. Oh man, there's this one time. Oh my God. And they just go off. You have to find what your, what, what your secret sauce is for your show and what you're building. If you're trying to do interviews, you gotta just, you gotta get creative with the way you present and, and remember that these people are people and just asking vanilla questions ain't going to get you what you're looking for, which is the fun and the entertainment. And, and you just gotta, you gotta start. You just got to start. So just dig in and just ask and make sure you ask for drops. Make sure you keep that contact information for those agents. Make sure you follow up and send them a clip of the interview. Be like, hey, man, we're promoting it here, here and here because they're going to love you. They're going to like, man, thank you for communicating so thoroughly. Oh, my God. 
Let us know when you want him on again, because they get to go to their boss with that detail and say, look at, we got him here, here, and here off of this one podcast. We'd get them to say things that would, they would get picked up in other stuff. So sometimes they'd say something, be like, oh shit, we'd send it over to World Star Hip Hop. We'd send it over to the site called Nah Right, allhiphop.com, Two Dope Boy. All these hip hop sites, we'd fire it off to and say, look what Scarface just said. And they'd be like, oh, look what's going on over at Hood Hype. They're talking, look what they said with Scarface. And that, that's how it fell down, man. That's how it all went. It always went down that way. And we were always able to push, push, push and always capitalize off of these interviews but the hardest part was getting through that front door. And sometimes you got to stretch the truth. You got to get creative. And that's it. If anybody has questions around scoring interviews, you want to dig in, you got questions, you want to understand it, any of that. I'm very passionate about that. Feel free to email me. Uh, my email address is jmac at justonelisten.com. And I, I love this stuff. I love that side. I love the back office part. So I hope this I hope this wasn't too flippant. I kind of went off the cuff. I didn't have any notes and just talk, talk, talked. I hope this is enough for you guys. Maybe give you some motivation, some ideas, some thoughts, and some 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 direction when it comes to interviews on your podcast. So hope this is helpful. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. This is another tips episode. <laughs>